Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. Good to have you with us, everybody. It is Monday, November 17th. Say that at the top of the broadcast. As many of you do download this and listen to it, many of you listen to it live, but we also do it on a downloaded basis. Or probably 80% of our listeners listen to it while driving to work, working out, jogging, whatever else they do in their spare time, and they said this is an invaluable resource. In fact, an increasing number of people are saying that they actually listen to this broadcast while they are. Um, even though they listen to it live, just because there's so much content. We appreciate you being part of the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Again, it's Monday, November 17th. This broadcast was created by Mortgage Professionals for Mortgage Professionals. We're the proud recipient of the Innovation Award from Progress and Lending. Very much appreciate that. I am broadcasting live from the Admirals Club in Austin, Texas. I have a flight right after this broadcast is over, and I'm doing this on my cell phone, so I apologize for the audio quality that this is not normal. It's just that uh, when you do this, you do this, and you, you're traveling around the country as much as I do, working with clients, it's just impossible to always be in my office. So doing this here before my flight to the East Coast later here, this, earlier this afternoon, right after the broadcast. Good to have you with us. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, United Guarantee. Performance premium pricing is something that's really catching on and is getting catching attention. It is the only MI pricing that is truly risk-based, surpassing simple tiered-based systems and broadening options for lenders and, more importantly, their customers. We have a wider credit box with this uh, performance premium pricing. We also have a chance for a stronger uh, reward to borrowers. When borrowers are there, we have the ability to give them a better incentive for those that have gotten, uh, that are, are stronger borrowers. Also, an opportunity to close more loans. Lenders can actually leverage their fast underwriting from the uh, UG staff, uh, you know, guarantee staff, and they're fast. They're turning around 24-hour or less, just amazing turnarounds. But you can leverage this on full file submissions and the ability to do more and different types of loans the borrowers turn those houses into homes. So it's a great product. I encourage you to go out and check out United Guarantee at www.ugcorp.com or go to our Look at Unleading website on the upper right-hand corner on the homepage. You'll see a link or they'll see their icon. Click on the icon and it goes right out to their office. Morgan Insurance, I mean, out to the office. It goes right out to their website. Uh, another cup of coffee here, I think. Anyway, Mortgage Insurance, underwritten by United Guarantee Residential insurance company. Good to have them with us. Thank you, United Guarantee. Also, Velma, www.velma, B-E-L-M-A, stands for Virtual Electronic Marketing Assistant. They do just a great job of getting the word out to all of our those registered. If you have not registered, send me an email. Want to get the updates? I'll send them to you. We're sending them out to about 8,000 people right now and want them to go out more so. Quick update on conferences that are coming up. We have the MBA's Accounting and Financial Management Conference. That is coming up this week, November 19th through the 21st. Andy Shell, my business partner, will be out there speaking at that. The Profit Doctors talking at the Accounting and Finance Management Conference. Also, the Texas Mortgage Bankers Association has their 64th Annual Education Seminar and Marketplace. Uh, connected with that is the Warehouse Conclave. This is where we bring virtually all the warehouse lenders from the United States together into one room, and we talk about the issues that are related to that. I am the moderator for that. It's a three-hour session on November 19th. All the warehouse lenders will be there. If you want to meet your warehouse, there's not a bad place. We'll have them all cornered in a room. Great place to be. And also, hear what they're concerned about, the issues we're working through. There's lots of great topics there. This is really around a, a, a rollout of speakers. This is the who's who we've got. We have CFPB coming in and talking to the folks there at um, at this event for the warehouse lenders. And guess what? Mortgage lenders, you can come and be a part of it. Also, the Independent Mortgage Bankers Conference is coming up December 3rd through the 5th. 
first week in December, encourage you to get out. I mean, what better place could you want to go? It's so cold across some many parts of the country. It's at the Hotel Dell at Coronado del Coronado Island in San Diego. I was just out there last week, gorgeous weather. While the rest of the nation is freezing, I'm enjoying some warm temperatures. So there you got it. There's the conferences that are coming up. If there's any conference you want um, covered, be sure to let me know. I'll get it on here, and uh, we'll put the word out. Also, San Garcia is on the line. I also have the place in uh, his website, and he'll talk about that in a minute. But let's run over to Joe Farm to get an update on everything going on with the market. Howdy. Joe, good to, good to have you with us. Hey, so, uh, markets are about unchanged uh, from where they ended the day on Friday. Uh, we did start the morning a little bit higher. We got some weaker-than-expected economic news. Uh, both industrial production came in weaker than expected, and Japan's GDP was a big miss. Uh, big the third yeah. quarter GDP fell 1.6% on, on an annualized basis, and the consensus called for a 2.2% gain increase in GDP. So, wow. you know, quite frankly, I'm surprised we're not up bigger and the stock market's not up, not, not down on that news. It's yeah. really, uh, really a surprise. But, you know, stock market's about unchanged as are MBS prices. So, I saw a headliner on that that says, Japan now back in a recession. I go, wow. That's right. That Two quarters in a row. Um, yeah. Quarter before had a, had an even bigger drop. So, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. They, they attribute the drop to an increase in the sales tax. And uh, by doing that, yeah. uh, by raising that tax, Dave, I mean – just suck the <laughs> suck the money out of the economy. So uh, I guess there's a good lesson in that, right? Well, if if any of our politicians in D.C. or across the United States say, "Well, listen to that and realize what happens," the more taxes. Uh, I don't even want to go there. We, we live in Texas, so we don't have to suffer too much for that. It's, it's a little bit but New York and some parts of the country. Oh my God, they should they pay attention yeah. to that. Anyway, so anyway, let's go on through lots of stuff to talk about. Um, uh, on what I'm looking at your website right now, again, valuable information. I love how you put it up there, just real concise. I get so many yeah. people want to say, read my analysis. I don't want to read your analysis. I just want the facts. What's going on? So run us <laughs> through some more facts here, Joe. Well, let's talk about last week because uh, it was a week in which MBS prices fell a little bit, mortgage rates rose just a bit. Uh, most of that occurred on Monday because you might remember, and we even talked about it yep. here, and I, I'm kind of after recant what I said um, on Friday. Uh, of the jobs report, we saw a nice improvement in, in MBS prices, and and that was also the day that that comment came from the Ukraine that Russia had crossed their border, the tanks had crossed their border, and right. um, maybe that had a bigger effect on it than I gave it credit for. Because on Monday, it seems like whatever uh, concern was raised on Friday about that kind of reversed itself. So most of yep. the loss in MBS in, in MBS prices occurred that Monday. So uh you know and we but we had had a pretty nice improvement the Friday before. Uh the economic data that came out last week was kind of mixed. You know your new favorite report the Jolts report showed uh <laughs> yeah. job openings remain at, at very high levels. Uh and an interesting note was that what they measure as the quit rate. You know it's uh, somebody who says I'm I'm confident enough in getting a new job that I can quit the job I have. So that quick quit rate rose to the highest level since 2008. So um, uh, pretty strong number there. That and is, then yeah. uh, jobless claims did rise, but they remain under 300,000, which is good. Uh, Eurozone uh, Q3 GDP came out at a meager two-tenths percent growth rate, and that's just from the second quarter. It's not annualized. Uh, retail sales uh, better than expected, and you know we talked about consumer confidence maybe maybe uh, being so elevated, maybe leading to that. Yeah, and then, to that. yeah, looking at this week, it's really a packed week with news. Uh, you know, starting oh, with yeah. inflation reports, we get both PPI and CPI this week. Uh, PPI tomorrow and CPI on Thursday. Get a lot of housing data with the National Association of Home Builders uh, survey coming out tomorrow, and housing starts on Wednesday and existing home sales on Thursday. Uh, all that expected to show flat to slight improvement in the housing market. So we'll see what they show. Then, uh, then the biggest thing that you know, the biggest potential market mover is really the Fed minutes that are going to be released on the 29th on Wednesday. So. 
be paying attention at 2 o'clock uh, Eastern time on Wednesday to see what they reveal as to the discussions inside the Fed on the 29th, uh, at their 29th of, of October meeting. It's going to be an interesting full, uh, interesting week. Yeah, I think all eyes will be on the FOMC meeting minutes, and uh, we'll be paying close attention to any signals. It's not when, it's not if they're going to raise interest rates. It's how soon. It's probably the consensus and any insights we get. You know, how they sneeze even makes us wonder <laughs> and start analyzing. It's crazy how we get uh-huh. so myopically focused on every word, phrase, word usage. It's amazing. Joe, it's so good. I have a question for you. When I looked at the uh, – over the weekend, I was looking at the uh, New York Empire State Index. and I thought I saw on your website the expectation was 12, and I see it was readjusted to 10. It came in pretty close to expectations on that. Was there a um, uh, something at, at 12 that was then readjusted, or did they readjust expectations? Because I know I'm not the only one that's checking your website uh, even on the weekends. Uh I'd, I'd have to admit I was fishing on Friday, and I don't know. <laughs> You're doing awesome. You actually go work on weekends. You actually go have fun. You rest. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I thought twelve twelve point two on the consensus for on uh, or twelve even I think is what it was uh, over the weekend and then last night. And then I saw that ten this morning going ah they may have readjusted the consensus on that. So that's one of the questions. Yeah, uh, just great web great website. Some super information again. You know how much. What a fan I am of it, and that's why we have you on the broadcast. Many other services out there, but I tell you, this one, folks, is just the the one that just gets you what you need. <laughs> Stay tuned. We got Paul Mollo on the phone. We got him to dial in. He's chasing stories, but we got him dialed in, and we'll have him on giving us the latest or what's catching his attention. We'll be right back after this brief break. Economic uncertainty has created a tremendous amount of market volatility for the past few weeks. Intraday price changes seem the rule rather than the exception. Have you been surprised by a midday price change? Have you been frustrated as you locked the loan just ahead of a price movement? Found it difficult to explain to a customer why the rate you quoted is no longer available? MBS Quoline can eliminate these frustrations. MBS Quoline monitors Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginny Mae mortgage-backed security prices in real time. It makes the information conveniently available on your desktop, smartphone, or by email or text message. These are the same prices used to set mortgage rates each morning and to issue midday price changes when significant movement occurs. With MBS Quoteline, you'll never be out of touch with the market. Whether you're in the office or on the road, see for yourself what MBS Quoteline can do for you. Go to MBSQuoteline.com to start a risk-free two-week trial. MBSQuoteline.com 646-716-4972 The Lickin' Out Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin'. Got to have Paul Mollins. I did not mention that we have, as our special guest today, we have Jeff Schumer and Ken Markison of the NBA. We're talking about the compliance essentials. When the word essentials in there, boy, I couldn't be better defined. Then if you talk about choice of words, it's really essential that you listen to this broadcast. When we talk about compliance essentials, really a valuable tool. And Ken is really the one that's really spearheaded this for the NBA. And I'm so excited to have them on here, and we're going to be talking all about that. My apologies to them. I should have mentioned that at the top of the broadcast. But without further ado, let's get to Paul Mollo. His tongue may be hanging out, and he may be breathless as he's been chasing more stories. What's going on, Paul? Good to have you here. I've got your website up, www.imfnews.com. Love it. What you got? Uh, well, my tongue isn't sticking out, David, but it's it's been a... It's been an interesting morning, to say the least. Um, the big news is, of course, the uh, the audit of the FHAMMIF, the Mortgage Mutual Insurance Fund. Everyone was expecting it to be in the black, and, and no surprises there it was. Uh, it's now up to $4.8 billion. Uh, it's still shy, the 2% minimum, but it's made a lot of progress. Uh, George Brooks has got that story on the website. Um, you know, there, there was some betting that they might even hit 2%, but that's not going to happen. The, the the bigger story here might be the fact that with the fund still undercapitalized under that 2% threshold, uh, there's probably going to be no way there's going to be a cut in FHA premiums. So, so that's probably the backstory to this, uh, and that's something to watch uh, over the next couple of days. Uh, the other big story we have this morning, uh, a scoop we have, is PIMCO apparently – 
uh, has bought a stake in a non-prime firm called Citadel Servicing Corp. That's run by Dan Pearl, who's been around for a yeah. long time and uh, had many different hats. Been uh, successful in the non-performing uh, loan space and morphed that thing into a non-prime lender. He had a big capital raise last year, and now Pimco according to our sources, has bought into the company. We don't believe it's a, it's a huge stake, but it is a stake. Uh, and that's that's more of a, a PR move here, shall we say, or can be viewed in a PR light, meaning here's PIMCO believing in this new version of non-prime. Uh, and that, that says a lot. And it also says a lot about, you know, bond investors are dying for yield. And, and one thing that some of these non-prime lenders offer is higher yielding loans, uh, so that's going to be an interesting development to watch. Uh, John Bancroft crunched the numbers. The market share of brokers and correspondents went up a bit in the third quarter, according to the loan level data that he analyzes from Fannie and Freddie. So that's another interesting development. Uh, also, Charles uh, Wisniewski's got a story about uh, Mel Watt's speech last week. Uh, I'm sorry, not Mel Watt. Uh, Mel's testifying, I should say. Yes. Uh, before the Senate Banking Committee this week. He's got a story on what, what might be talked about there. And one of the big things is uh, the membership rules for the FHLBs, uh, the captive reinsurers, and the REITs. So uh, that's coming up. The other story that, that Charles had is on the short take section. Uh, former uh, FHFA uh, director DeMarco made a speech, and he sort of blamed what he called the, quote, housing industrial complex sort of I guess it's sort of a, a takeoff on the military-industrial <laughs> yeah. complex, which has been secretly running in the United States government for several de- decades now, but this isn't the forum to discuss that. But DeMarco um, talked about the housing-industrial complex and how it's controlling the mortgage industry and it's been uh, blocking any Fannie Freddie um, legislation from going through. Uh, interesting take on that. So, uh, like I said, it's been a mi- uh, busy morning for us, and there's there's, you know, Plenty of news out there, that's for sure. Well, I appreciate you taking a moment to, to, to talk to us. I want to talk about the mutual uh, insurance uh, fund that they're closer. Is this going to be? Is there any potential of this becoming some real political football, or is it close enough? Is this going to get caught up that you know some some you know posing uh, Mel or the everything going on there at the FHFA? Is, is this with them being short going to become an issue, or is it? It's just close enough where it's just just short and it's coming up. You're talking about the uh, the MMIF, the Well, listen, you know, this is Washington. Nothing is ever political here. So a lot of our elected officials and regulators they, they they don't pay any attention to politics, David. So I think you're way off base there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. No, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a good question. Will, will will they take this underfunded MMIF and and roll it into more concerns about Fannie and Freddie and blah blah blah? That's exactly uh, where I was going. With yeah, it. I mean, listen, the potential's there, obviously. Um, you know, Fannie and Freddie are also in the black pretty pretty squarely now. Uh, so, you know, it's got that potential. Uh, but like I said, the bigger story might be the fact that. This this still underfunded MMIF, even though it's in the black, uh, is pretty much going to scotch any anyone's hope, I think, of uh, them lowering FHA premiums. So yeah, that, that's the big that's the story. Is. Can they politicize uh, this? Sure, they already have, and and they probably will. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the makeup of the new Senate Bank Committee is, and and what happens there, and and all that kind of stuff. So, yep. Lots of good stuff. Always a great place. If you're not checking out www.imfnews.com, you're missing a valuable resource. And I tell you, Paul is hounding us all the time, those of us that are in various aspects. He's he's calling us, running things by us. You do a great job, Paul. I really mean it. You really Thank do you. a great job of uh, tracking on the stories. And I just recommend to anybody that's really serious, considers himself a professional, to be watching and uh, reading what you got up there. So good job. Appreciate it. Say hi to everyone Thank around you. there. Let's we'll have you back care. next week. Well, let's okay. run over to Tony Garitano. We've got Tony with us. Tony is just uh, tracking everything as it relates to what goes on. We're going to, by the way, say, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Doesn't Alice usually come in right here? Yeah. We're going to have her a little bit later in the broadcast. She wrote me just before the broadcast saying, Dave, I can't make it right at the beginning. I've got a client call, and it's an important client, so she has to be on that. So we're going to run her segment towards the end. Stay tuned. A little change is okay, folks. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. 
So let's get over to Tony Garitano. Tony, good to have you with us. Good to be here. Hi, Dave. Yeah, so let's, I've got a question for you. How much should technology dictate how we do our business? It seems like it's becoming, it, it's really becoming to dictate how we go about it because we're so reliant on the different stuff. It is. I think, you know, I think that there, you know, especially, you know, over the, in recent history, it, there's really been a big shift. I think that it used to be that lenders, um, wanted a more customized solution that they could morph and meld into their own uh, processes. And the big, you know, beef that a lot of lenders had with technology vendors was that they're trying to make me change the process that right. I'm used to and accustomed to and that's not their place. But, you know, we talk with several lenders and they are increasingly open to, you know, a more out-of-the-box uh, solution that that does dictate that they change some of their processes, and they're okay well, I, with that. Yeah, and I think what's driving that, Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the time it takes out to roll out a quote-unquote customized solution to your process is just ridiculously long, and then the support cost to that is just ridiculous. So it makes me wonder how homogenized everything is going to become when it relates to how we approach technology. I mean, are we really seeing a really, truly homogenized, same process all the way through? And Ellie may having how much? What's the market share right now? Do you have you recall what that is? I'm trying to pull up my brain cells to get that. Um, You know, I... You know, I, I'm always reluctant to quote market share, Dave, because you, yeah. you never really know. Um, you yeah. know, <laughs> I mean, the market share that one vendor says they have versus another, I mean, if you add them up, it probably comes to way over 100%, which doesn't make sense. So. <laughs> Good point. Good point. No I drink the cool later. So here's another question. What role of the, te- uh, of the technology vendor in the current mortgage industry, what is the role of it? What is the proper role for a technology vendor? It has become more and more, you know, the um, trusted partner, the outsource provider, uh, the, um, you know, right-hand person when it comes to compliance. And I think that that's, that's a good thing and a bad thing because the good thing is that lenders are depending more on their technology vendors, so you're seeing... Uh, little by little, the mortgage process becoming more automated um, and more transparent, which I think is a good thing. But the flip side is that because the onus is increasingly being put on the technology vendor, a lot of the technology vendors are struggling because they're having to do more for their existing clients um, which is very costly. I mean, you know, you've got to keep up with the times, and and that that takes money and resources, and uh, you know, a lot of that a lot of that money and resources is going into just keeping up with the times versus really innovating because vendors are on the hook for a lot more these days. Yeah. Well, ever since CFPB said they can be included in the lawsuits, they are right square in the middle of the bullseye. Yep. Everyone else. So, I mean, it's, it's without question that they, uh, you know, their role has gone up. But, you know, I think the reality is that you got to feel in control of it. I think the biggest mistake out there, Tony, is we see too many people saying they're just abdicating their role in it and pumping it totally on the technology vendor. And that's, that's misguided as well. So it's really interesting to get your perspective each and every day. I encourage people to go out, check out your website, Tony. It's really well done. You've got some of the most innovative stuff. If you're going to have the Innovation Award, I think that kind of automatically just challenges you to make sure you're the most innovative guy out there. You do some great stuff out there, so I encourage our listeners to go out and check it out, www.progressinlending.com, or get a hold of Tony at Tony at progressinlending.com, or his phone number is 203-529-3131. Tony, thanks so much for being with us. I always appreciate your insights into the world of technology and, of course, the entire industry. Appreciate it, friend. Thank you for having me, Dave. A pleasure. Well, we're running through the, the – you know, they say, well, man, this is not normal. The pop doctor's speaking. He's traveling, so he's not on. Uh, Alice is going to be on a little bit later, so let's run over to Sam Garcia. Always love to have Sam's 
perspective. He's got the website Mortgage Daily. If you haven't been out there, check it out, www.mortgagedaily.com. Go look at why Why are you giving us all these websites? Yeah, well, first of all, we have everyone come to this broadcast and give us a highlight. But if you really want to stay on top of what's going on, there, these are the, some of the key websites. Of course, NBA, NBA Newslink, I love that one. i got to try to get them on. I know Ken and Jeff are listening to this. So, you know, come on, let's get Mike Sorian or whoever we are on here to to help us on this. There are so many valuable resources, and here's the key. You've got to be taking a look at each one of us. Sam is on the line with us right now. Sam, good appreciate I really value your publication. The studies that you have, that the material you have as a resource is valuable, but you seem like it's complimenting. You're hitting a space and filling in the gaps where others are not. What do you got for us today, Sam? Hey, David. How you doing? It's good to be on here. And, uh, yeah, what we've got is uh, last week was kind of flat based on our mortgage market index, which uh, is produced by Optimal Blue. And uh, what yeah. we saw was, though, that there was a drop in uh, ARM activity, um, and ARM share uh, slipped to 10.9% from 11.3%. So um, it was kind of interesting that uh, ARMs were a little bit down more than the rest of the market. Um, we, we got the Mortgage Bankers Association put out their delinquency report last month, or last week, should I say, yeah. and and they reported that 30-day delinquency, uh, excluding foreclosures, was 5.85%. And what's significant about that is that was the lowest delinquency rate since the fourth quarter of 2007, a full year before the financial crisis hit its peak. So um, it shows that we're making some good progress there. Um, another uh, area we, we, got a, we, get, we covered last week was a, a lawsuit. Um, it, it was a lawsuit that had been decided in a lower court in favor of a mortgage executive, and basically that court said that American Bank and Trust had to pay nearly a million dollars to a former executive who recruited uh, Chicago area loan originators. Well, the the bank went to the appeals court in the state, and the appeals court upheld the lower court ruling and said, yeah, this guy yeah. who re- recruited all these, these folks uh, needs to be paid this higher amount. So that was kind of interesting, and it always is, you know, I think everybody wants to keep an eye on what the possible liabilities are, you know, when you do one thing or another. And so that's a good story uh, for anybody who's really watching out for, you know, their legal liability. Um, another uh, interesting thing we saw was that I want to, JD... to make sure, what, which, which one is that titled again? Because I want to go, oh, there it is, Bank Must Pay $1 million to Former Mortgage Executive. I see it right there, yep. I, yeah, I definitely want to right. go read that one. Yeah, that's okay, a got good it. Story. Sorry, I'm looking at your website right now. I want to highlight that one. Go ahead as you're going yeah. on. So uh, I think another story that really got some good traction last week was a it was a report from JD Power. They put it out annually, and and they basically uh, you know rank lenders overall in the origination space as far as you know how well the sector's doing and uh, with customer satisfaction, and then they rank lenders uh, who rank the highest. And what they noted in the uh, report was that nearly half of the uh, 58% of uh, the respondents who were first-time buyers preferred to go to a lender's local office to meet with the loan originator in person because, you know, they're really looking for a lot more explanations and understanding of what's going on. And so and that makes a, lot of, makes a lot of sense because, you know, people are digging hard to find her first-time home buyers and, uh, you know, if you can give them that extra attention, then obviously you've got a little edge there. If you can give them more information and be more transparent. But what was interesting was that despite that comment, Quicken Loans, which basically operates online and uh, from centers instead of locally, uh, Quicken Loans rated the highest again for the fifth year in a row. So they, wow. they've managed to overcome that particular uh uh, uh, you know, the factor that they don't have the local offices, and yet they still give such good service, they have the highest customer satisfaction. And, of course, and they've been growing. that's not some bot report either. That, that report, you know, J.D. Powers report, that's really a good independent analysis. Five years in a row, way to go, Bill Emerson and team. I love that. Yeah, and, you know, and the thing is, is that uh, they came out uh, with a servicing report also, and Quicken's relatively new into the servicing space, but they've grown pretty rapidly and they yeah. went right to the top of that list, too. They ranked very high in the servicing space. So they're doing a good job on both ends. 
you're going to do things remotely, you got to figure out how to do it right. So I think they figured that one out. That's that's really good. That's really interesting. Fascinating. Yeah, and I've read a report on them previously uh, from a ratings agency, and, and we're talking about how there was a lot of redundant tasks to ensure everything was done properly in their processing. So they were talking about how they're every, you know, instead of one processor handling alone, it was like many people handling just a little speck of the process, and it uh, seems to be working for them. But um, another thing that another piece of big news last week was that a uh, Loan Depot uh, was uh, going to made an agreement to acquire Mortgage Master, and we went through and we did some uh, digging up on their, uh, their originations and compared it where they would have been last year. And what turns out is that this combined company, uh, based on 2013 origination numbers that we collected, would have been the 14th biggest mortgage lender in the country last year. So we got a major player coming to. Uh, into existence with this merger here. Consolidation is a big thing going on. That's a good way to grow if you can't uh, if you can't do it organically, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, and you do both. <laughs> it's happening. It's very much true. Sam, good, excellent stuff. Excellent. Appreciate it. Always Thank appreciate so the opportunity to talk with you. Yeah, folks, go check it out. MortgageDaily.com. Valuable resource. Email Sam at Sam Garcia all together at mortgagedaily.com or call them at 214-521-1300. Sam, thank you so much. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate you. You bet. You bet. Bye. All right, folks, we're going to be getting over to uh, our good friends, Ken Markison and Jeff Schumer in just a minute. And then at the end of the broadcast, we got Alice. I know several of you emailed, I want to hear from Alice. We're going to have her on. Yes, don't you worry, but we're first going to run over to our special guest, and we're going to do that right after we get back from this brief break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Jeff and Kim. Mortgage Banking Solutions is the preeminent management consulting firm to the residential mortgage lending industry. No other firm in the U.S. offers the menu of services or the level of expertise to the industry. If you're looking for help converting from best efforts to hedging or need help with bookkeeping to know your profit per loan, if you are interested in making the transition from broker to banker, or if you just need a roadmap for success, Mortgage Banking Solutions' primary focus is to enable executives to take their business to the next level and guide them down a path towards success and profitability. With over 300 Combined years of experience in all facets of mortgage lending, the Mortgage Banking Solutions team of professionals has the expertise and know-how to help you accomplish your goals. New warehouse lines of credit, broker-to-banker transitions, transitioning to hedging, financial and accounting services, or meeting your capitalization needs. If you need help with these or any other aspects of your business, please contact the Mortgage Banking Solutions sales team to see how we can help you at 512-977-9900. It's 512-977-9900. Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Good to have you with us, everybody. Alice Alley just dialed in and joined us. Good to have you here, Alice. Looking forward to your report here a little bit later on, but I want to get on with our guest. But good to have you joining us, Alice. I want to make sure we hear you all right. Yes, I'm here, Dave. Oh, good. Well, we're both on cell phones. I'm doing this from the Admirals Club. For those of you that didn't hear that at the beginning of the broadcast, I am broadcasting off my cell phone. Because I'm flying out to the East Coast so they hang up from the broadcast. Good to have you with us, everybody. I have as our special guest today, and really excited to have Ken Markison and Jeff Schumer. Ken, uh, everyone knows Jeff. He's a, he's a senior vice president, executive vice president of education. Jeff, I want to make sure I get that right. I, I, vice you're president. Joining of us, and I didn't download your bio. But yeah, that's that's vice president of education, Dave. All right, good. And we've got Ken Markison, who's Vice President of Regulatory Council at the Mortgage Bankers Association. Both these gentlemen have collaborated together and brought together probably one of the most valuable resources, folks, and that's what we're going to get in talking about. Uh, a couple of bit interesting reasons. Uh, everyone knows Jeff. He's such a celebrity within the industry. And, Jeff, I really, really want to say thank you. You've got so many great educational programs out there for that the MBA offers. And, uh, and I just tell everybody, if you're not in it, pursuing the CMBA program. I know for those of you who ask me, I always get hounded to do it, and I, I, I'm one of those things I'm committed to do. But I just want to say thanks, Jeff, for the job that you're doing. You really are bringing about some great material for the industry. And I know you work closely with Alice uh, and, and a lot of different ones, trying to bring the best resources to our industry. I want to start off just by saying thank you and acknowledge all that you do. It's, it's truly amazing. Busy guy. Thank you very much, Dave. It's good to be here. 
Ken Markison is the vice president, again, of the Regulatory Council. He was with uh, HUD for, uh, gosh, 32 years. And Ken, you don't look that old. Did you start in high school? Or are you one of those savants? I, I was taken as a small child, David. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that explains it. I, David Stevens, I was telling him, I was you and I had dinner, and I got to spend some time together with all the attorneys that contributed, so many of the attorneys that contributed to the Compliance Essentials. And I, when I did the inver- interview with David Stevens uh, at, uh, before the uh, the NBA annual conference out in Las Vegas, he goes, Lincoln, you were at dinner with that many attorneys? Did you just want to like, just claw your eyes out? And I go, Ken was there. He is so colorful and entertaining. It was just a delight. I actually enjoyed my conversation. But I love it how Stevens just loves to give you a bad time, Ken. Just love yeah. It. Well, now we're delighted to be here, uh, Dave, uh, as well as the rest of MBA has been very supportive of this effort, uh, which we're excited about, and we'd we'd be delighted to talk about. Which, of course, what? is combined. And that's really why I wanted to bring you both on the radio today is really kind of give our listeners exposure to this uh, so that they thoroughly understand that this world um, is just getting so and so more difficult to wrap your head around everything that's going on out there. And the service that you guys have created through this thing called Compliance Essentials on the website, I want everybody to give this twice in the broadcast right now. It's it's www.mba.com. Mortgage Bank Association initials mbaeducation.org forward slash products and services forward slash products by focus area forward slash compliance essentials. Or you can do what I did, and that's just Google MBA compliance essentials. It comes right up. It's right at the top of the list. Um, and so Google this, folks. Check this out. And so I want to get into some questions and then have Joe and Alice jump in. Here, but I really want to start the discussion to really get the understanding of the genesis. Whose idea was this, and to, to bring these 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 valuable resources and guides together? Well, if, let, me, let me say this: it was a, a shared belief uh, here in MBA that it was important that the association do something important to help our members, particularly the smaller institutions, navigate the regulatory changes and implement policies and procedures, have checklists, and and get it from the best advisors we could so that they would more efficiently and more economically be able to deal with these new rules. It's no secret that uh, all of us are confronting thousands of pages of, of rules under uh, not only the new materials under Dodd-Frank, but the many rules like FICRA, like HUMDA, that have been around for years. And yeah, what it, we it, thought, it is. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what, said, what it, we it, thought, it is one compliant, complex thing, and I apologize for the delay. Everything we're doing around here, Ken, is so electronically driven, and sometimes we can get some delays. I apologize. I, I just realized, Ken, that as you were talking, some of our listeners are not aware of what compliance essentials are. So let's go over and have Jeff give a real broad description of what these compliance essential guides are, re- what they really are. Ken, Jeff, could you give us a description of them? Yes, uh, yes certainly, Dave. So they, they, they've been built really to um, – to offer up model policies and procedures, not only background information about the rule itself, but to put together model policies and procedures that can be electronically delivered and then actually customized into the operations of our our member firms. So um, that is a a unique um, approach to being able to have something really at the ready uh, to be able to translate and then put into our our members' uh, operational systems, their compliant management system, if you will, along with um, checklists and forms that can also help to to adhere to the the CFPB uh, rules and the guidelines. So um, essentially that's what these these guidebooks are, are all about. And Ken can speak a little bit more in terms of 
the resources that we partnered with to build these yeah, out. I wanna, and, yeah. I want well, to yeah. get there in just a minute. That's one of the things I want to go to. But one of the things, Jeff, that is uh, really evident that I think we've got the Independent Mortgage Bankers Conference coming up, the MBA's conference in the – again, at Hotel Dell and Coronado Island in San Diego. And this is one of the – this really kind of levels out the playing field. It's for all those people that cannot afford to have a full research department to bring together this stuff. The big, big companies have this, uh, these resources. But even some of the big companies, Steven, David Stevens was telling me, are using the compliance essentials because it's that good, and it's really bringing – What's good for the big guys? It's really delivering it down to the smaller independents, Jeff. That, that, that's exactly right. I mean, we're we're able to pull together the foremost uh, experts in in their fields as it relates to these rules, and these uh, law firms are able then to produce this material, reviewed and um, and, and uh, checked by by Ken Markison in collaboration, and then also to be able to um, provide, as I've mentioned, a resource for, for our members at a very affordable, attractive price. So ordinarily, to go to outside counsel to pay for oh, something yeah. like this, the hours that it would take a mortgage banking firm or the cost it would take, they can get at a fraction of the price for the, with, with these materials that we're providing for them. That's yeah, I think that's, that's really the key. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really the key. And Ken, what I, one of the questions I want to go to is, you know, I can hear, and I want to get to the question. I know that's out there, listeners. You're getting to the question. Yeah, but it's it's so fluid. How do you stay up with that? We're going to address that in a minute. Hang in there, folks. I want to get to this question. There are so many varying opinions out there, Ken. You and I had that that dinner. With the, all the attorneys that sat around there, they all are looking at these regulations, and there is variances within how to interpret them. So how did you select the, the group of attorneys to contribute to it? And the second question that I want to just go right there is, how much guidance did the MBA provide to them on these collections of guides? Well, it, it, let, me, let me get to both questions. First of all, we're very fortunate in the association to have top-flight law firms as members, uh, law firms that serve a very wide range of of, of lender companies. So what we did was look at capabilities in terms of providing us good, clear, accessible advice, providing uh, practical know-how, and we selected a broad range of about six or seven different firms so far. We intend, because of the bench strength that we have to involve even more law firms. But these are these are names within our industry that I think can be relied on even when there is some debate about uh, answers. In that vein, where there are questions, what we've urged is that our authors note that there is perhaps uncertainty and there might be more guidance coming from the uh, CFPB down the road. But we think well, there's really plenty, uh, plenty here that's settled and plenty here that folks can, can work with. So let's address the fluid nature of this. And these compliance guys are living documents. They're constantly getting updated. Tell our audience about that, and then I want to get uh, Joe and then Alice to join in on the discussion here. So how are you keeping this all updated, and how frequently and how are those handled for those that buy these? Is it, do they have to buy it every time again, do the updates, or how does that work? Well, first of all, we are, uh, as part of the arrangement with these firms, insisting on updates. I don't think it's necessarily a matter of annual update, but as needed, they'll be yeah. updated. For example, uh, the Bureau just put out some rules relevant to the ability to repay around uh, a right to cure points and fees errors. Uh, yeah. We're going to try to get that out as quickly as possible. And what we've said, uh, at least uh, at the beginning, is the updates will be available uh, at no charge. 
So it, oh, good. We, 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 we hear your point, and uh, I think it's a very fair point, and we have to be fair in making sure that our members have the best uh, uh, up-to-date information as quickly as they can. Well, it was very evident. First of all, I thoroughly enjoyed that dinner and time with you. Anyone who doesn't get to know you, they think you're a boring, dry attorney. i got to tell you, there is a pleasant <laughs> surprise. You are entertaining, and it's delightful to have a dinner with. I, it was, And the whole group was, and that's the part that was really – there was the group of attorneys we had there, most of which were contributors to this, were just a great group of guys, some of whom I knew, some of them I was just meeting for the first time. And I, I just really compliment you, Ken, on, on who you selected. These guys are well-known, and they are some of the top firms. Mitch Kreider, of course, is in there. He's one of my favorite guys. But I met Bouts Farm, I met all these guys from all over that were there, and uh, the excellent job. So let's go into um, a couple aspects of this. I've, I've got some questions, but I've been dominating this. So I want to go over to Joe and say, Joe, do you have any questions you want to ask of uh, Jeff and Ken at this point? Yeah, I'd just ask, uh, you know, if you have information coming from a lot of different firms and probably a lot of different styles, if you if you uh, acquire multiple, uh, um, you know, uh, information on multiple topics, do you get a sense that they're easy to, uh, you know, assimilate from one from the other and and apply in your own, uh, you know, in your business? Good question. Yes, yeah. different writing styles, well, different approaches. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's uh, an amazing amount of cooperation between firms. Uh, a lot of these uh, lawyers have worked together uh, on panels for MBA conferences for years, and that uh, still continues. I think they're out on the road in a lot of different venues working together. We we want them to assimilate the best. We've all we've met with them as a group several times, and I I think what we're moving towards is is a is a faculty that will communicate Great the best um, that they can. That is, yeah, I like the term faculty because that's really what we're all going to school constantly on this. And if you, anyone goes to the website, you can see the Nelson Mandela quote I put up there on the Licking on Lending website specific to this broadcast. Alice, you're a big, you're contributing to this on another side of this. You're helping the MBA uh, on on in, Jeff was it on the um, ongoing no, study. Uh, study guides? Yes, it's the self study programs, and our members have been asking for. Not only these guys, but what can we provide them for their frontline staff members to, to connect to this, these rules and to better understand how these policies and procedures apply to what they do. So Alice and her company have been working with us to produce a series of these short 90-minute self-study versions for the frontline staff and frontline management that go into the specific points of these rules, offer um, learning points, uh, checkpoints along the way, uh, an exam at the end to verify that they've uh, understand and grasped the material, and then a certificate of completion that gives them the, um, the credit, if you will, when the CFPB Good. comes to, to audit, they, they, have that, um, they have that confidence that that company has put through their, all of their staff through training not only at the frontline level, but also incorporated into the mid and senior levels. And David, if I can, that's a big piece in the sense that when you look at the exam guides from the Bureau, they want compliance management systems set up in each company. And that includes not only the policies and procedures, but making sure that employees are trained. And to Jeff's point, you have not only the training vehicle through these self-studies, but but a way to validate through a built-in test that indeed they're mastering the material. Well, I don't think you, if you're, you're turning to Alice Alvey, you're turning to the best because I just love her style. Alice, you've been quiet. So you've been off on vacation, returning from the Caribbean, you rascal. So you, you, are you just so just into, into the Caribbean mode that you're just laid back? Where, where you're, is that why you're so quiet? No, no, but I've just been waiting for my turn. Dave, I just I just want to um, commend Alice and her company on, on 
helping us put these self-studies together, these programs, because they are terrific user experience. The graphics that her company's put to put into uh, into practice, the information, it's both audio and a visual um, presentation have been phenomenal and, and has been very well received by our members. So thank you, Alice, for all of the work that your company and you have put into this program. Oh, well, thank you. Right. Thanks for that, Jeff. Yeah, that is one of our specialties is, you know, we've been behind the scenes working with MBA for many, many years now, and uh, we, you know, we don't, uh, we're fine there. We're, we're fine with uh, making sure members have the tools that they need, and uh, Ken, I know, does a great scrub on it. So that's the other thing. Um, I know it's really getting a couple of sets of eyes, each one of these, you know, it's getting our look, um, but it's also getting the MBA's, you know, Ken's look on phrasing and so forth. If maybe it's been done by an attorney, another outside firm, you know, Ken's kind of helping add that, that continuity to it. So what are the, what are the next things on the horizon for, uh, for the MBA and the, the compliance side? Well, we're certainly um, now working on the Respitila Integration Resource Guide, which is a huge, as we all know, because uh, August 1st of 2015 is fast approaching. Uh, so that is, is, is due out sometime in December. We're looking at, uh, Ken will be um, heading that up and finalizing that. Uh, and then a number of other future uh, guides as well, from Humda to Fair Lending, Data Security, diversity, and also uh, the Fair Labor Standards Act we're, we're looking to produce, as well as additional self-studies that would complement these resource guides. And, and one other piece uh, with compliance essentials around RESPA-DILA is we, this past summer, conducted four forums around the nation uh, to to identify the business practice changes that are really demanded by the uh, new rule. We're going to follow up this winter under the Compliance Essentials banner again to help companies uh, navigate now that they've thought about it, the various pieces of compliance, including the giving of the loan estimate, the giving of the closing disclosure, and so on. So it's we have self-studies, we have the books, and I think the in-person uh, forums are new are, are new subject that we would expect probably to come around as finished as well. Well, I, I just commend the whole MBA for everything they're doing, and this is probably one of the most valuable resources in my 40-plus years of being in the industry and active in the MBA that I've seen come forth. It is the right document, the right everything at the right time for an industry that's just flat-out overwhelmed with stuff. So kudos to both of you. Again, listeners, check out the website at www.mbaeducation.org forward slash products and services forward slash products by focus area forward slash compliance essentials or like me you can't remember that all just google mba compliance essentials it comes right up it's almost like the first or second item right after the paid advertising gentlemen thank you so much for taking time to out of your busy day especially on such short notice uh and uh, to come on and talk about this it is so valuable and it's so good to see you both or have you both here uh, and just look forward to seeing you here at one of the next conferences. But thank you again so much, Dylan. We are grateful for the opportunity. We think it's important, and we appreciate your getting out the word on this. Thank you, Dave. You bet, gentlemen. Appreciate the partnership we are blessed to have with MBA. Greet everyone there, and thank you all again for your hard work. Thank you. Well, let Let's get on over to Alice. Everyone wants to hear from Alice because they get the updates of what's going on in the regulatory world. So, Alice, good to have you back. Did you have a good vacation? I kind of leaked it out I that you were on did. vacation. You know, I <laughs> often say Thomas enjoying it. This is a, I just thought about you several times. You and Andy, your husband, uh, just sitting there and drinking cool tall ones at the beach while we're all freezing around the country. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Yep, it was my turn. Yep, but it was it was a wonderful time. My husband and I had a wonderful time. So thank you very much. Um, but you know, it's always good to be back and uh, jump back into 
trying to see what's going on with the legislative slide. Uh, the main thing, I guess, is just that we're really kind of in a holding pattern for several of our proposed rules now. Uh, talked about over the last several weeks, many things that have come out for comment and are now closed for comment. Uh, potential changes to the TILA, RESPA, um, you know, uh, definition of when I would have to reissue a new loan estimate uh, if it once I move from, say, a float to a lock. Right now, the rule says we would have to do that within 24 hours, and the proposed rule, or actually the new, the existing rule says same day, and the proposed rule trying to be able to get us at least a 24-hour or next day rule. Uh, and that comment period closed back on the 10th, so now we're just really in waiting mode. Uh, to be able to see what the final rule will be on that. Uh, we, so we're just really kind of in a holding pattern right now. Same with the Humda. Uh, that comment period is all closed up now. We haven't seen much movement in any important legislation, obviously, because of the election. So I really wanted to just point out and make sure lenders had an opportunity to really understand uh, that uh, some numbers that came out from Fannie Mae. This was a few weeks ago. Fannie Mae came out with their lender sentiment survey. And I think Sam might talk about the lender sentiment survey. So this sentiment. talked about okay. lenders concerns. Right. I'm sorry. I do have a bit of a cold, too, so I'm sure it's not coming over well. Uh, so this is some important data that I think is useful to identify where you fall as a company and that mid-sized lenders are finding their compliance costs increased by 50%. Now, if wow. you've listened to Andy Shell enough, and that's just between 2013 and 2014, if you listen to Andy Shell enough, in order for you to even be an, able to answer that question, how much have my compliance costs increased, you needed to know the number in the first place, right? Yes, <laughs> that's true. And we repeatedly get surprised by companies that still can't answer that question. What are my compliance costs? And they might just quit and say, well, they're too high, right? Uh, you yeah. are, I think the survey is good to be able to take a look at and compare where do you fall. Um, I'm surprised in, in terms of compliance staffing, you know, that companies are still potentially at only zero to one uh, individuals at a small shop who are focused on compliance. You've got to have, if you're reputable, if you're a company that plans on being around a long time, you need two people. And you need two people dedicated to compliance. And even at that, we recommend using the support services. Uh, we talked about MBA's Compliance Essentials, but Mortgage U, uh, Indicon Mortgage U, we, still, we offer that support service as well. So I, I think the, um, the the top concerns that were d identified in the sentiment survey for mortgage bankers were still the compliance risk and then volume risk yeah. versus that was switched for depositories. Depositories were now, first more concerned. that's interesting. For yeah. That's interesting. Well, I think they sometimes feel a little, uh, you know, a lot of companies will feel like, oh, I've got compliance. You know, we have a team of people. It's under control. I'm still worried about it, but I'm more concerned about the drop in volume because then I won't be able to pay for all my compliance people. So uh, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. I think uh, that Fannie Mae survey is available from their website. If you have any troubles finding the link, let me know. I'm happy to send it to you. And then I also wanted to just take a minute here, Dave, if we have it at the end of the show, to let folks know we do have our integrated disclosure training content ready now. Um, oh, it you is do? Available yeah. for, yes, it's available for purchase in a Word document format with PowerPoints. So if you say, I know I need something internal that I have to design, and that can happen at a small shop to a large shop. Um, we've been on the phone with folks there loving this concept that we're willing to share with folks our content today. Um, it, it will have in it that you have the ability to copy and paste this into your own, whether you want to do it e-learning, your own webinars. But we've taken the time. You don't have to go through the 1,900 pages and organize it and lay it all out. We've developed three courses for you. You can then take it and do what you want with it. Now, certainly if you look at it and you go, I love this just the way it is. Tell me when your courses are ready. Then what it does is it helps you align your internal content with what you know is going to come out from us. So we're, we're taking a very out-in-front-of-it um, approach with, you know, use, take advantage of our knowledge, take advantage of we've already had uh, education designers put this together for you. So you can reach me at alice.lv at indicom.net, and I'm happy to send you that information. It's very, very affordable. I think we'll knock your socks off. It's <laughs> so good. That's and what you said. 
Then, if anybody doesn't know who you are, the fact that the NBA, which I'm so glad we had uh, Jeff and Ken on to talk about compliance essentials, another portable resource. It's just so good. And the fact that they selected you to be contributor on that, it just, just speaks volumes, Alice. So kudos to you for all that you're doing for our industry. And then next week, you're going to be hosting the broadcast. I'm excited about that. I've got to go in for my uh, whatever annual, not annual, but colonoscopy, endoscopy. I got, I'm got. i getting scoped, and I'll be out cold during the broadcast. So I appreciate you taking on and hosting. And we've got David Lord, who will be on the broadcast, who's been someone you know, and has made a real difference on process improvement within your industry or with, within your company. And I'm excited about that broadcast. Folks, have a great rest of the week, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. This has been Lincoln on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lincoln of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Today's guests were Joe Farr from MBS Line, Andy Shell of Mortgage Banking Solutions, and Alice Alvey, President CMB of Mortgage U. Come by next week and thank you for listening.